Hi and welcome to Gizmo Podcast number 13. I am Ankur and uh, we are back. So with me is Namish. Hi Namish. Hi Ankur. So Namish, uh, Apple has the iPhone 4S out and uh, that's our topic of discussion for today. Very much, very much. Today is the topic of discussion any other day. Actually, I think the last time we had a podcast, we were discussing the iPad. Wasn't that right? Right, we were discussing the iPad India launch, and instantly we are speaking again after a few months, after quite a few months, and we are talking the iPhone 4S release. Uh, in fact, the announcement. Uh, so Apple has made the announcement yesterday. The pre-orders would begin on 7th of October, and it would go on sale in a few countries, including US and UK, on the 14th of October. Apple is assuring this uh, to be their fastest rollout ever and they plan to reach 70 countries by uh, December. So uh, if things go as planned, I believe Apple is also planning to come down to India with the iPhone 4S by before year-end, but that's mm, that's only a speculation for now. They haven't uh, said anything officially, of course, but if it's 70 countries, I'm sure India does uh, come into the first uh, top 70 countries for sure. Uh, either way, the 4S, uh, Namish, so what, what's new with the 4S? What's happening with it? Well, actually, if you look at it, a lot of people are going to feel disappointed that it's not the iPhone 5, because all the talk was about the iPhone 5, but uh, if you really look at it, the iPhone 4S has got the body of the iPhone 4 and innards that have been totally rejected. I mean, they've been totally souped up. You've got a dual-core processor, you've got a better camera, you've got a new assistant who responds to your voice. I would call this one of the biggest refreshes we have seen in the iPhone 9 since the 3GS came. I mean, the processor changes, camera changes. What would you say? So it uh, seems like uh, the same strategy which happened from uh, when the jump was made from 3G to 3GS. Much more graphics, much more processor, almost everything new inside, but the same design from the outside. And to be honest, I like the iPhone 4 design. It's a good design. It has a unique antenna. Of course, uh, there are <clears throat> there are yeah. uh, there is a history to that antenna. But yeah, it has a unique design. It has a glass body, and people who are using the iPhone quite love the design. So Apple, uh, it seems, didn't feel a need to go and reinvent it and do a new design and uh, one of the things I am suspecting that uh, while they have things or everything new on the inside they probably have managed to pack in a bigger battery uh, or they wanted to keep the battery uh, thick enough so they couldn't really make it any thinner they would have ideally I think so would have tried to make this thinner but they with the dual core processor coming in a bigger camera coming in they probably wanted good battery life out of this which might have influenced the thickness being the same but it's not really thick it's it's uh, i believe the uh, it's it's around 9.3 mm or something which is uh, which is still uh, thinner than a lot of other smartphones releasing in the market and uh, if you hold it, I found it pretty comfortable to hold. So Apple hasn't really served all the rumor mongers by creating a iPad 2-like tapered design, which would really be thin yeah. the edges. That hasn't happened. And I believe a lot of people feel disappointed because they aren't seeing a new design. 15 months later, the same design with... Uh, in fact, I believe Apple is the only company which uh, can pull this off. They... They release a new product with the same design, and they just upgrade the features and every everything else. And which is which is counterintuitive when you look at every other company in the market. They strive hard to make a new product launch with a big design, and I believe that's where majority of the uh, 
disappointment that we are hearing is coming from. Uh, people want were expecting a refreshing That's new true. design, and they were expecting something as always. It is expected from Apple something revolutionary, and it doesn't look like that on the outside. So, yeah. uh, uh, so much for the design. Uh, what do you think about uh, the new dual core camera? Uh, sorry, dual core processor, the eight megapixel camera, which is said to be amazing for low light photography and uh, does full HD video recording. Uh, and the, basically the hardware. What do you think about that? The inside. Well, I just have one one small thing. Just harking back to the design for a second. If you notice, it's a classic Apple strategy, isn't it? They catch on to a different design, a design which is very different initially. And then they stick to it for a while. Mm -hmm. While on the design, while on the older design, they sell you the experience. And then later on, they just say, okay, it's the same experience. We'll change the design a bit. We will add better specs. I mean, it happened. We saw it happen with the iMac. We are seeing it happen with the MacBook Air. And now we are seeing it with the iPhone. They don't give up a design easily because and that's how you have a traditional Apple look and feel. Other companies, if I say, what is a typical Motorola look, perhaps you'll say someone see the Milestone, someone will say the Razor. If you ask what's a typical Samsung look, someone might say the S2, someone might say the Wave. An iPhone look, somehow is an iPhone look because it's having the experience most of all. Getting back to the enhanced and the hardware improvements, well, I think this is a classic Apple strategy. You sell the, you sell the experience first. You say, hey, this is a great OS. This is a great interface. You have lots of apps. If you remember in the first two or three iPhones, we didn't even know how fast the processor was. And now they say, okay, great experience, great apps. Now we have got better software. We have got, sorry, we've got better hardware. So basically, we are matching everyone else in spec terms. And now we're still giving you the same old experience, the same great experience still unmatched. We're also letting you compete on specs. I mean, isn't this what happened to the MacBook Air? A lot of people were saying, oh, Core 2 Duo Processor. Who wants a Core 2 Duo Processor now? It mm -hmm. got bumped up. If this has been given a speed bump. I think games and all that are going to run much faster. But most of all, I'm fascinated by the camera. So it seems the Apple has, is claiming that these uh, the camera on the uh, iPhone 4S uh, would actually... Compared to the point to shoot, which is uh, which is pretty bold claim, and they say that the A5 processor has image processing capabilities which is uh, comparable to a DSLR. So those are pretty tall claims, and what they have shown during the keynote uh, look very impressive. Uh, incidentally, I met a photographer today, a professional photographer, and he was looking forward to the 4S just for the photography, uh, just for the photography uh, capabilities of that phone, and. Uh, has the justification as I would assume that I've also bought a little camera, so I don't mind paying a hefty amount even if I have to get the phone from US before it releases in India. So it seems a lot of people are looking forward to the camera. But uh, again, uh, my, uh, it seems like I've been discussing this for the whole day. Now we are, <coughs> we are recording this uh, tonight, and yeah. the entire day I've had at least two or three people specifically asking me what do you think about the 4S, so I don't know where to begin with. And I, but uh, the one thing that I remember when the rumors were coming in, it was all about the screen, the screen size. People wanted a bigger screen. Right. It seems all the, all the rumors claimed that the screen dimensions would change, and that hasn't changed. So what do you think That's is right. the justification for that, Anamish? Well, uh, I think the biggest thing for that work is that Apple knows, Apple has seen what works best for it, because whatever complaints we've had, 
about the iPhone, the complaints have not been about, you know, the screen is not big enough or that we have any problems typing. Because in touch screens, a big, a big challenge a lot of people face is typing. Yeah. Apple fixed that very well from the very first iPhone onwards. Their on-screen keyboard is perhaps one of the best I've used. I mean, they're having a high-resolution screen, still a higher resolution than most smartphones out there. Their screen size remains the same. It's more portable. It's as portable as ever. I mean, if you look at the actual dimensions, the dimensions of, of the iPhone have not really changed that much over time. Okay, it's grown a bit thinner. But in general, you've had iPhone once, chances are it'll occupy the same space on your hand. And you still get a high resolution display which plays apps very well, which has games very well, great for reading video, even reading books at times. Why would they fix something that ain't broken really? I mean, what do you think? I mean, do you think the experience on on say a bigger screen like something on the Galaxy S two or the LG Optimus two X could have made a difference? What do you think? So I've used the HTC sensation for a while and um, the big screen does feel good when you are looking at say web pages or I'm looking at a video clip, but at times I've found myself struggling to get my fingers reaching the top of the screen to get the notifications bar down. So uh, I'm not entirely convinced that the bigger screen is good for usability always. Another thing is uh, probably the iPhone screen looks a little smaller to me at times is because I've been extensively using the iPad. So after using the iPad, it's it's a little hard visually to adjust to the iPhone or the iPod touch. It feels a little too small. But I feel it's it's a, the right size. The whole economics of Apple works on the screen size and the resolution. So Apple has retained the same screen size, and when they actually increased the resolution, they doubled it, thus making it a little easy for the developers to get their apps working for the iPhone 4S. And over the last uh, one year, Apple claims that uh, as many as half the iPhones ever sold are iPhone 4. And add to that another Retina display model called the iPod Touch. Majority of iOS devices out there are running the Retina display resolution. So most app developers who have uh, adapted their applications to work on the iPhone uh, have actually done pretty well. So we, um, we can see that there are half a million apps on the App Store for iPhone. So Apple has managed to keep the developers with them with the resolution and the screen size. And the way it works for Apple, uh, and I would assume that this is what how they want to go forward with it, with it, whenever they increase the screen resolution or tamper with the PPI, that's a pixel per inch, uh, whenever they do that to, for the retina display, it has to be double the resolution always because that's how they, they seem to be scaling the app development. So whenever we hear of a new iPad model, model coming out, the iPad 3, they speak about a resolution which is somewhere around 1500 uh, into 2000 resolution. That's uh, some just doubling the current resolution. So uh, I'm not very surprised that Apple hasn't uh, tampered with the screen size. I, it, would, it would have been really puzzling for the app developers, especially nothing about a new resolution was mentioned when the iOS 5 beta came out. This, this is since June. So uh, we didn't really expect a rabbit out of, out of the hat with a new screen size. So that certainly hasn't happened, and I believe it will continue to work this way. Uh, another thing I've been thinking is, how is the iPhone 4 is different from the iPhone 4? The same half million applications working on the iPhone 4, the same half million working on the 4S. 
the graphics performance on the 4S with the A5 would be much, much higher. We have seen the benchmarks of iPad 2. That's right. And if we compare it to the next best Android phone, uh, Galaxy S2, it's several several notches higher. So we'll have to see what uh, what uh, kind of applications now developers will come up for, especially for iPhone 4S, utilizing its... Uh, uh, GPU powers, but uh, I'm thinking, has the lead that Apple managed uh, for so many years with the iPhone over other smartphone makers has uh, decreased a little? So people have caught up with good multi-touch phones. Android is maturing as a platform. It has more and more applications every day. They have multi-touch displays now, which are comparable. They have larger screen sizes and a variety of choices for the consumers at a variety of po price points. So That's now right. I'm thinking if uh, the lead that Apple had has been uh, reduced uh, by any ways, what do you think, Nimish? Is the is the market well, up? To a certain extent, yes, it has been reduced. It is bound to get reduced. I mean, fact is, as we mentioned earlier, Apple doesn't once it sees something working, Apple doesn't always go to overhaul it radically. Right. So basically, the opposition, the competition, doesn't have a target which is moving a lot. If you look at the interface of the iPhone right now, and the interface of the first iPhone, just put the two phones next to each other, a person will say, look, it's basically the same thing. It's only when you scratch beneath the hood that you start thinking, okay, there's multitasking, all right, there's cut and paste, all right, you can do things. But the basic thing, the basic look and feel of the iOS has remained largely unchanged. So yes, it was... It was, it, in that regard, it is a somewhat static target for the opposition. And yes, Android is catching up. And it will catch up because, as you said, there are more manufacturers, there are more people. It's an open, it's a relatively more open platform. People can innovate a lot more. You've got different interfaces in, a, in Android, thanks to manufacturers' skins and all that. But, I mean, if you look at it in quality terms, in quantity and quality terms, then I've got a slight, a slightly shall we say, call me skeptical, feeling about Android because suddenly you're getting radically different performances from Android on different phones. So that is something that might just detract from it to an extent. A person who is using an iPhone 3GS and is using an iPhone 4 is not going to find too much difference in the performance of tasks like, you know, social networking, web browsing, he'll see the difference when it comes to gaming, which require high graphics and require a fast processor. But if you look at most basic, most basic experiences, the difference won't be that much. Now compare that with a high-end Android and even a mid-segment or low-end Android, and the differences start coming up. Now there is where I think Android is slipping up. I also think another thing wrong with the Android crowd is they are really trying to fight on hardware with Apple. That's never a good idea. You do not take on Apple in hardware because Apple simply is not fighting on hardware. If somebody comes out with a 12 megapixel camera and says, oh, this is better than Apple's iPhone, nobody's going to listen to that. It is the apps. It is the interface. And there, I'm not sure whether Android is moving as fast as it should. I mean, it moved brilliantly about a year and a half ago. When we had the Droid and all the other devices, I had a feeling, okay, Apple has got a challenge. Now, suddenly, I'm getting a feeling there is a bit of stagnation coming out. The apps are basically still the same. We are still waiting for a flipboard like app on Android, for God's sake. It's ridiculous. We should have had something like that. 
uh, we're still having manufacturers. Manufacturers saying, okay, we're not providing updates. You buy a, a high-end Android device, you might not get an update. The LG Optimus 2X is still running on Zoya. It's a dual-core. First, first dual-core phone is running on a version of Android, which is more than a year old. That's a very interesting observation on the hardware side. Suddenly, everyone is in a fight to get a better hardware out. And if I look back, uh, when the 3GS came out, the phone, the Android phones which were competing with the 3GS back then were probably the HTC Hero and a few others. And today, if you look there, 3GS is still selling. It's uh, being upgraded to iOS 5. And it will still in the Indian market fetch you a resale value of at least rupees 12,000. And we just don't know where the hero has gone. So uh, for some reason, Apple has managed to get its products uh, working for a longer time duration. I still know a lot of my friends working, still working on the iPhone 3GS. In fact, uh, a lot of people are saying that uh, since the contract period for 3GS in US is ending now, just a couple of months back, two, three months back, a lot of people are now looking to upgrade from the iPhone 3GS, and the 4S would be a perfect upgrade for them. So Apple yeah. has their own own set of customers who are all ready to upgrade, and Apple would be selling to them. So uh, it seems that uh, the shelf life of an iPhone, the upgrades, that has been on in Apple's favor, and I believe a big reason for that is uh, integration, hardware software integration, the same software yeah. running on limited number of hardware with more or less the same screen resolution. So Apple has com complete control over what it's pushing out to people. And okay. that plays in Apple's favor over here. And for consumers who have invested in a iPhone 3GS or say iPhone 4, they are still managing to get a better resale value for their products. So that seems to be working in Apple's favor. But I'm thinking again, uh, what would be the next wave of innovation? Uh, what what would really make sense? What would disrupt the market? Or is it that the smartphone market? I personally believe that mobile operating systems war should be more or less over by next year. Uh, most platforms would mature enough to compete with each other. And uh, the next wave of innovation has to be apps or a little uh, apps have actually matured enough again for... Uh, at least on the iOS, uh, it has to be a little beyond apps. One of the technologies which is being talked about is NFC. And right. Apple has certainly sidestepped NFC. They haven't got uh, NFC on the iPhone 4 and 4, 4 or 4S, both of them. And uh, Google seems to be pushing NFC. Nokia seems to be pushing NFC on their devices. What do you think about um, this, Namish? Well, um, to be very honest, I think uh, I don't. I don't see... NFC getting, I'm a bit of a pessimist about NFC, to be very honest. Because to be very, very honest, even online transactions, e-commerce has not really picked up the way a lot of people said it would. It has in certain parts of the world. In many parts of the world, it has not. So I think NFC as a technology, as a concept, okay, you slap your phone down somewhere and it recognizes things and it does a transaction and gets you information, bringing something to touch with something, yeah, pretty cool. In a way, it's pretty cool. But if you actually look, is it something that is, shall we say, widespread enough right now? I'm not sure. And that is where I think Apple, that's why I think Apple has actually not got into it. Apple is, I mean, I'm, okay, they're bucking a trend to a certain extent. But I think that they're getting a bit safe. They are not going to bring in a hardware specification just for the sake of it. 
Right. I mean, remember the iPhone 4, I think, was the 4 or 3GS. It was on the phone, the 3GS. It was the first to have a gyroscope. Nobody had heard of a gyroscope until yeah. then. Right, right. But they came in there with applications for a gyroscope. They didn't just bring it in for the sake of it. Now, NFC, yes, potentially very promising. But have we actually seen it deliver yet? I think once it delivers iPhone, the iPhone phone, Apple might get into it iPhone, whatever, let's call it. Interesting. So I see NFC on the lines of Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, we know that it was there in computers, it was there in our homes, and it started coming down in smartphones. Probably it was not used from day one as uh, uh, people would have liked, manufacturers would have liked it to, but Wi-Fi became mandatory because the entire ecosystem in our home, in our offices, was Wi-Fi enabled. So people didn't have to invest, corporations didn't have to invest in Wi-Fi separately just for smartphones. Same with Bluetooth to quite an extent. But when we look at NFC, it's coming on the phones first, and it's it's expected to be pushed down everything else second. So right. when we talk about making payments, the merchants have to come in and upgrade their networks, they have to upgrade their hardware. When we talk about something as revolutionary as opening your uh, opening a door using NFC or probably even using it as an access card in offices instead of physical access cards. Uh, this would require corporations to again upgrade their hardware. So it's a big ecosystem challenge where you need the entire world to sort of adopt NFC and have it, uh, you know, have it installed, which comes at a huge cost. I know. So. I know. Even I believe I agree with you that NFC is promising, but it's it's a slow mover. And uh, it still has to prove itself in the real world. Maybe smartphone manufacturers will get it, but will okay. there really be innovation beyond uh, some degree of payments or file transfer between phones? We will need to watch that. So we'll need. No, to actually, Ankur, speaking of speaking of that, just got reminded. Yeah. Even if you look at Bluetooth. Yeah. Bluetooth file transfers. Yeah. Of the straight off the iPhone, you can't do it. You still need an app for that. You don't. You can't even do it in Windows Phone Seven actually. Right, right, right. Even the Mango version. And do you so, think we can do, can we do it in Android right out of the box, or we need an app? Uh, I think I think in some in some I've been able to do it out of the box. I've been able to transfer a file over Bluetooth from my okay. Android phone to my computer without any problems. People have been playing with that. I guess Wi-Fi file transfer as well, where Bluetooth really makes a difference. There are a lot of keyboards and accessories which are uh, Bluetooth uh, dependent on Bluetooth, and that's why Bluetooth is. Uh, working Bluetooth headsets, keyboard, more than file transfer. That's the reason Bluetooth has been working till now. Yeah. So I believe for file but transfer, people might have pushed a little more on Wi-Fi, and it would have become a standard. But the accessories aren't uh, working on Wi-Fi. So Bluetooth still remains for short range and uh, for battery and convenience purposes. Which actually brings me to another point. You remember you mentioned the battery when you were talking about the hardware. Now, there is a concern, and I share that concern, that with iOS 5, which is going to be running on iPhone 4S, battery life is going to take a hit, and it's going to take a major hit, simply because you suddenly have, instead of everything, you know, kind of one app at a time. Apple's multitasking is not really classic multitasking on the iPhone. Right. Here, we're going to have a lot of live stuff happening. What do you think of that? And do you think it's going to make a difference to iPhone users? So, uh, if you see the specifications, for, it's a little weird. The battery specification on the iPhone 4 reads that it's uh, 7 hours of 3G calling and 14 oh. hours of 2G calling. 
on right. the 4s it becomes 8 hours of 3g calling and it remains 14 hours of 2g calling so it's a little puzzling and when you look at the standby time it has taken a big hit from 300 hours it's down to 200 hours so on the iphone 4s apple is certainly taking a hit on some aspects of battery and i believe a lot of that has to do with the a5 processor which is running so it's probably consuming more battery and i don't know how much how much bigger battery apple has managed to pack into the forest they didn't make any specific claim as far as i remember but they have kept the same thickness thickness of the phone even a year later more than a year later i would assume that they have made all attempts to pack in more battery power on this but uh, we'll have to wait for i guess we'll have to wait to get a hands on or people to really review the battery life in detail and that also reminds me of the whole voice assistant thing Siri. And yeah. I don't know how much more battery that would consume as well. Um, and Siri, uh, as far as I know, requires an active internet connection to do its things. It isn't a completely offline thing. It's a server-based thing. So what do you think about the whole uh, Siri, uh, Siri innovation that Apple is doing with 4S? It's something different and probably the only thing we can say is a hit at the future. It's something different on the iPhone 4 is something which is really uh, different than the competition is doing and then what we had seen before on iPhones. So okay. it's something new. So what do you think about it? Totally. Totally, totally. I mean, it is it is one of those bits of science fiction that actually comes out. I mean, my mom still asks me, look, if I want to dial a number, why can't I just say, call my mother and the phone can call it? Instead, I have to start an application and I have to utter it in very clear, precise terms. And then I have to check up with it actually doing the thing. Now, Siri, from the demos that we have seen, seems to be able to dodge this. It seems to be able to do everything very cleanly and very quickly. The big question, of course, that is going to come up is just how well is it going to work with Indian accents? Because Indian accents, they're about, there's one accent in Delhi, there's one accent in Bombay, there's one accent in Chennai. Every city you go to has its own accent. How is it going to work with Indian accents? I don't know. But that said, it is definitely a step forward. The very fact that you can speak normally, you can say, remind me of my wife's birthday, remind me to call my wife. You can do that. And you're stepping out from the constraints of the this format, say, Compose, SMS, then say so-and-so, which right. other software impose on you. For me, that is a welcome change. And, well, it is so Apple, for God's sake. <laughs> So uh, I think so the accent bit uh, is a challenge which I guess every other player in the market would face and I believe right. that it requires a different uh, kind of innovation to solve. What I think so the unique thing with Siri is the entire artificial intelligence thing which recognizes what you want, uh, comes back and asks you if this is what you wanted and finds things for you, calculates things for you. It has access to your address book, your location, your messages, your contacts, everything. So uh, uh, I think so that's where the entire uh, artificial intelligence comes in. It works uh, online, so it has uh, access to internet, and it also has have access to your calendars, your appointments, everything. So <coughs> the whole innovation with Siri is with all these things coming together, and even if it works in the U.S. to begin with, and U.S. and some Western countries, uh, the point wouldn't be how well is it reading the accent. That that isn't the problem. The pro the whole thing is is it doing what it is, what is advertised? Is it really able to solve problems right. for people? 
is it a real does it re deliver real value or if i can put it this way is it is it able to grow out of a good to have solution and become a must have thing yeah so uh, that's what uh, i would be watching for it's in beta as of now and if apple can pull this off uh, well enough i believe this is the only thing which looks like hey this is something new it's not about a faster processor a better camera such words faster better more they don't just occur it's 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 a new thing totally new thing and if this can work i believe apple has managed to sort of innovate again and take a shift from the competition so they are not just talking apps or nfc or faster processors or larger screens they are saying it's a new way to compute to say so and i don't see any reason why this won't come down to macbooks and ipads and Absolutely. this this you know we've seen the movie iron man right the tony stark just Absolutely. walks in and talks to his computers Absolutely. and it's happening for him isn't that the kind of future we want and uh, i i i don't know for some silly reason when i was once on a on a tv show kind of speaking about how tablets are i referenced to the movie crash where rithik roshan uses his fingers to magically control computers it's that sort of thing with tablets but when you talk about in voice controls it's again again something which i would say science fiction coming true so uh, pretty exciting I, i just want to use it myself get a feel of it probably try and get a little accent as well initially to work with it <laughs> but, yeah quite exciting if it, if it can really tell me what movie is playing around me when i am in office it really saves a lot of time for me absolutely so uncle which actually brings us back to the final question and the one question i think everyone will be asking yeah. is are people going to accept the iphone 4s is it going to continue the great tradition of the iphone is it going to win over new supporters is it going to send people away and most important of all uncle are you going to buy one um <laughs> i will wait for the india launch uh okay. or maybe probably if uh, my birthday is coming up my if someone ends up gifting me a locked version i would be more than happy uh but hey uh i'm looking at it this way um the iphone 4 drops down to usd 99 in the us and it becomes a lot more lucrative the 4s remains at the same price and it also gets a 64 gb version I believe a lot of people who are looking to buy a new iPhone would go ahead and buy a 4S. I I can easily see this being the top camera again on Flickr in anywhere between 6 months to a year. And this would again be the top uh, camera used to upload videos on uh, YouTube. iPhone has been dominating that also for some time. Uh but if Siri I, I don't know I'm still coming back to Siri. If Siri works, we would remember this as uh, a time when Apple again reinvented computing with uh, voice navigation voice controls but for now uh, i think so it's uh, it's upgrade which is uh, which uh, for us upgrade would be uh, the success of this upgrade would be much much uh, in a at least in a little more way dictated by what uh, google comes up with the ice cream sandwich which they are promising and i believe we are going to have a look within a week's time uh, that that might influence this a little more than the previous versions Well, speaking personally, I've got an iPhone 4. Yeah. And uh, I am going to wait to the iPhone 4s when it does come to India. Like you, I'm going to wait for it. Yeah. It's not uh, because the form factor is the same. The kind of craving one had for the iPhone 4 when when the 3G when we still had the 3Gs in India and the iPhone 4 was released, it came late. Yeah. 
Yeah. And initially, when it didn't come for a couple of months, everyone was like, look, I want to have this phone because for God's sake, it looks different, it feels different. Right. So that craving is not there because, hey, we got a phone that looks pretty much similar. Right. Okay. It's not bad spec. We got a one gigahertz processor, decent camera, no problems. Right. But yeah, when it does come, I'm going to upgrade because, uh, I mean, CV is interesting, but as I said, I have my, my optimism is just a bit limited there because of the accent issue. Yeah. But I, I'm looking forward to the games because Infinity Blade 2 was evidently shown and I'm fascinated. And the biggest thing is, it's what I said in the camera show when, when we were discussing Steve Jobs, and they said, what is going to be the next big thing for Apple? And I said, it's going to be cameras. Right. Now, this is going to be not just an 8-megapixel camera, which is doing HD. It's also going to be one of the easiest cameras in the world to use because of that touch screen. 8-megapixel right. cameras, we have seen before, but we have seen them on either bigger screens or with, dif- with more difficult interfaces. Android's default application in any phone, most phones, I think, if you leave out, I think, the Arc to an extent, if the Arc tried a few innovations, is not as easy to use as iOS interface. I mean, iOS interface is very, very easy to use. And now, Apple is talking big on the camera. I'm fascinated by that. So, the camera, the gaming, that's a deal. Siri just is, you know, icing on the cake. <laughs> so, uh, I would classify you as a... Uh, power user and power users would see a lot of reasons to upgrade from the 4 to the 4s. I'm still betting that a lot of you people who have bought the iPhone 4 will probably wait in hopes of uh, another iPhone coming early in 2012. But a lot of people who ha- are on 3GS uh, would be tempted more than ever before. A lot of people in US getting out of their 3GS contracts would be jumping on this one. And uh, I don't, I don't think the growth rate which uh, I, I Apple has been showing, uh, 125% year on year, year uh, would be affected much. I think so. They would still uh, continue to grow uh, the iPhone business, uh, but uh, for some reason, it's it's still uh, Android seems to be getting closer. So a lot would be dictated by what uh, Google is able to pull off. So if Google can. Oh, yeah get an ice cream uh, sandwich which really brings in a good interface, is able to uh, make life a little more easier for developers, things might well shift towards Android if uh, Apple doesn't make another move in early 2012. So, Ankur, just one, one thing about Android. Yeah. Google can really shake up Apple if they do just one thing, if they can find out a way to bypass manufacturers to get updates to their devices. Oh, I saw it. If they can find that way, yeah. I mean, because every new upgrade adds so much, so adds greater stability. We got 2.3, which many people said, okay, it's not that great. Yeah. We had better battery life. Anyone who's used 2.3 will tell you battery life has improved. The keyboard has improved. Yeah. 2.2 gave us Wi-Fi, a Wi-Fi hotspot option. Stability improves by and by. Yeah. If they can just get through that gap, because the devices on Android, I mean, in terms of specs, in terms of design, there are some great devices out there. Right. Mm, I also have a feeling that uh, uh, the app development uh, would uh, start getting uh, much more mature. Now developers have understood that they have to develop for three operating systems. So anyone who is looking to develop a new app looks at iOS, Android, and a lot of people, I believe, would be looking at Windows Phone 7 as well next year. So quickly a note on Windows Phone 7 as well. Uh, Mango is out, and uh, I've been using it for some weeks now, and I, I personally like it. I like the whole refreshing look of Windows Phone 7. I've written extensively about it. Uh, do you think Nokia plus Windows Phone 7 would give competition to Android iOS moving into 2012? 
I think uh, it's going to be a big headache for Android. I really, really think it's going to be a big headache for Android because if you notice, they have picked out the best things from the iOS. Right. The interface is going to be standard. You have used a Windows phone. Right. All the Windows phones are going to look similar yeah. because Microsoft has controlled the specs. It's not as if anyone can go and build a Windows phone for anyone. You're going to get a consistent experience. Yeah. That, for me, is huge. It's almost as huge as the apps on it. And I because you say, oh, I'm going to buy a Windows phone. This is what it's going to do. Yeah. Remember, we used to do that about Symbian. Right. We'll, we'll go. You have, you have a Nokia. You're stuck to Nokia. Why? Because all Nokias work the same way, don't they? And I've it's, never seen lag on Windows Phone 7. All manufacturers I've handled, uh, uh, HTC, uh, LG, and I think so I also have some time with the Samsung. And all of them perform the same. You expect similar performance with all of them. They never lag. There's no significant difference. Absolutely. So it's, Absolutely. It's now, combine that with Nokia's economies of scale. I mean, if they can get a Windows Phone 7 out there, which costs around 15,000, 16,000 rupees, there is going to be problems. There are going to be problems for a lot of people. I think so. The Samsung Focus, it's not released in India officially, but it seems that on eBay India, it is selling for uh, around that cost, 15,000 or less. And that's very interesting. Uh, so when Microsoft is managing to... Uh, get Windows Phone 7 on devices below at least 20,000, and that's where the real traction is. Uh, I believe a lot of people Absolutely. started buying the Motorola Defy in India after it came below at least 15,000. Absolutely. That, that's, that's a hot seller for a smartphone market. I believe it's a sweet spot. And Android, I believe, has maximum of its sales between 12 to 18,000 range, and uh, that's that's where Windows might come in. That's my Windows mind. Absolutely, absolutely. It, it's going to be a headache for Android. It's going to be a massive headache for BlackBerry. It's going to be a massive, massive headache for BlackBerry simply because Windows has got this thing about enterprise which a lot of people like. A lot of enterprise users like feel reassured by the name Windows. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They feel, they feel very reassured by the name Windows. Oh, uh, <laughs> I guess we can speak for hours together on the problems. I know. Like the I know. I messages know. Come, I know. BBM is being threatened. Uh, I believe uh, I, uh, Google might well bring in the message from Google Plus on all Android handsets in the ice cream sandwich. Yeah. So yeah. that again, you know, the BBM uh, monopoly might just end very soon. I have a feeling that might end very soon. Absolutely. So, and BBM has got to, BlackBerry has, again, like I said, right now, they are, they are right now stuck on five different segments and five different OSs running in five different segments. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... It's again when I talk about the consistency of the experience. The only thing linking them together is the BBM. Yep. I'm pretty much convinced that the top three spots are going to be shared by Android, iOS, and Windows Phone 7 over the next year and a half. I, I agree with you. has pretty much died. Uh, nothing is happening with uh, WebOS. It's stuck with HP. And QNX is taking way too long to come up with BlackBerry. I don't think they have they have enough time to uh, fix that and get momentum on that. So it's pretty much these three players now. And uh, let's look forward to the iPhone for us launch. Let's see how it goes. And um, I guess once we have hands uh, hands on, we'll come back again and discuss the same. Of course, unless of course we get a Google uh, Google ice cream sandwich phone before that. Um, uh, that's also pretty likely, and I, I am hoping that we would be doing these podcasts much, much, uh, much more frequently. And we have, we are expecting a few guests to join us as well over the next week, a couple of weeks. So let's see. Let's try and make this a weekly thing. A commitment to our readers. 
Oh, yes. Why ever not? It should be fun. Yep. All right, then, Nimish, I'll take a leave for today. Thank you very much. Delighted.